Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. This episode is brought to you by the International Construction and Utility Equipment Exposition. Utility professionals, do you want to make your operations better, faster, and safer? Join your peers at IQ, North America's largest utility and construction trade show, to discover and demo the latest equipment and products from top manufacturers. October 1st through 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Learn more at icuee.com utility. Today's episode is all about wireless connectivity. We are experiencing the rise of digitization and automation in a number of vertical markets. Advanced technologies such as the IoT, AI, machine learning will change the way the construction industry does business. The introduction or predictive and prescriptive analytics gives the industry insight into data to help make key business decisions. We see predictions that use these technologies and how they will continue to grow in the months ahead. However, there is a key component that is needed in order to enable all of this. And this is where wireless connectivity comes in. Connectivity is the foundation that is necessary to make all these connected strategies be successful. Today, we will be discussing the topic of wireless connectivity. We will look at how the industry is continuing to evolve, the different types of wireless connectivity available today and emerging for the future, and trends that will continue to drive automation and digitization forward in construction. Also helping me with today's discussion is Mark Eisenberg, CEO of Orbcom. Mark, let's begin looking at how the IoT industry is continuing to evolve. Welcome to the show, Mark. Uh, thank you so much. What a terrific ramp up to the conversation. Uh, gee, I, you know, it feels like I've been in the IoT industry an awful long time. I, I joined Orpcom in, uh, in 2001. And, you know, the IoT industry at that point was really struggling to hit price points. And, the utility that you got, you know, in that time frame was, was really around, uh, tracking and monitoring, you know, your equipment, mostly, you know, where is it and, uh, how much can I get out of my battery? And, you know, it's, it's really evolved over time where it went from, you know, simply just a really expensive, you know, tracking, uh, application to, you know, being able to, pull, you know, diagnostics and relevant data and to pull breadcrumb trails and understand what drivers are doing. And, uh, you know, we made those changes, you know, around, you know, 2010 and 2011. And then today, you know, I think it's it's gone less from where is my asset uh, so that I can go and take a look at it and, uh, you know, get a feel for where it is to what's going on with my asset. In other words, these are the issues that we're seeing, um, you know, these are the fault codes, this is the stuff that needs to be fixed to today, which is really, you know, gee, 
when I look at my asset, you know, what is it exhibiting? What is my driver exhibiting? And as opposed to fixing stuff when it goes wrong, you know, preventing stuff before it goes wrong. In other words, you, whenever we get this particular behavior that my engine is exhibiting, you know, typically it leads to some sort of, um, some sort of failure in X amount of time or, you know, as opposed to this is the um, breadcrumb trail for my driver and he's been, um, you know, in an accident, you know, these are the things that that driver is exhibiting. He's slamming on his brakes. He's, uh, you know, driving too close. Um, you know, all of the things that the driver is exhibiting so that you can prevent accidents before it happens. So, uh, you know, a whole lot more of uh, what, you, what you were talking about before this predictive and prescriptive uh, analytics. So we're really talking about making these smart decisions that you call these breadcrumb kind of trail. You know, so when you talk about how Orbcom has kind of evolved is really what you're describing. Would you say that it's in response to or ahead of the IoT industry in all of this evolution? I, I think it's uh, I think it's ahead in a couple of uh, places, and. Um, you know, we, we kind of, uh, you know, went through this evolution, you know, that I'm, uh, that, that I'm speaking about, but, uh, you, you know, we are, you know, knee deep in, um, you know, not just, you know, crawling around on a machine and figuring out what the relevant data is to put it in some web platform for a customer to understand, but more predictively to understand what's going to happen and, you know, how to maintain these better, how to, uh, monitor your uh, your operators better um, and I think the, the part that orbcom plays is two things I, I mean not only do we have scale I don't know many other people in the uh, in the commercial world that activate over a hundred thousand subscribers in a quarter so you know we're unique in that and what came along with that is um, you know the scale and the ability to hit uh, you know price points and you know that that has been one of the changes where you know you used to pay six seven hundred dollars for a unit that just did tracking. Now you're paying a fraction of that for devices that you know have so many more sensors and could do so much more. And then the second thing, there's other types of scale that we uh, you can benefit from us. It used to be that a web portal was enough, but if you look at the IoT industry now, there's so much more integrations and customizations that customers are looking for that if, if, if you look at the newbies coming into the market with their, you know, seven or eight engineers, Orbcom is over 400 working on all these uh, customizations, which is why we really specialize in, um, you know, really large, complicated deployments. Is all of this because of the industries, which we could get to in a second, or is it because of the type of wireless connectivity that's been emerging right now, the different types that we're seeing? I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you, you know, there's good and there's bad with the emergence of the, uh, the, the, the different um, uh, connectivity. From, from a heavy equipment perspective, I, I know this um, you know, call is focused on the heavy equipment. You know, 5G is going to be really cool because you have access to power. So having this real-time data flowing there, um, you know, this up-to-the-second data when, when, when you're moving Earth, 
is is really really neat. I think um, from an in cab perspective on a truck, it's really really neat. I think from a power situation on a cargo container or a uh, um, you know a trailer or something like that, then uh, you, you know 5G gives you lots more data, and it does it really um, effective from a price perspective. But we'll we'll see what they're able to do in terms of power. Uh, you struggle to make your iPhone work for one day. I've got to make a trailer work for 10 years. So when you look at that, that's an important point. So when we see all of these things happening in heavy equipment and 5G right now, most people can't imagine the importance of 5G on heavy equipment. I mean, right now when they think about that, they're still sitting there thinking, well, I've just got to move dirt. Why is it so important to have 5G? Because right now they struggle with, how things are moving in very remote locations. And there's there's a lot of confusion about really, is it really going to make a difference from what I think about things at the job site? Is 5G truly going to make a difference? Help, help you know, a construction company listening right now understand how 5G is going to make a difference, if you think about it. Or is a satellite going to make, how it's made a difference? Because fleets right now rely on you to do a lot, and you've done a lot for them. Sure. I think the biggest difference is these, uh, you know, these assets that are automated that don't necessarily even have drivers. You know, turn by turn, you can level land, you can do it perfectly, you could do it uh, over the air, um, you know, from a real-time perspective, you know, making, uh, you know, real-time changes via software over the air, uh, you know, 5G can can really do that for you, um, where you were really focused on uh, on software in the past, you can really make real-time decisions, you know, over the air with a constant connection and transmit, you know, gigabytes of data, you know, via 5G. I think it's going to be a, uh, you know, a significant game changer. I think in the automated driving, it's a game changer. So are those the biggest trends you're seeing around digitization and automation in your markets? Or are we still really talking about ELD and driver performance? What are, you know, what, what do we really need to be focusing on? Yeah, well, I think near term, the, the ELD and, and the driver performance is important because there, there's really a timeline that you need to hit and a sense of urgency. So that's certainly you know, pushes near-term decisions. But longer term, I, I think we'll get, we'll get past that. And um, it, it's not just ELD, but there's all kinds of regulation. Uh, we deal with the refrigerated le uh, legislation, um, monitoring temperature, monitoring temperature of goods coming in. Um, but, but I think it's, it's, it's going to transgress into more, um, more of, uh, you know, what you can do and, uh, you know, the return you can get, the, the uh, assets that you can monitor, but, you know, to do it in advance. Let me give you an example. So we used to monitor refrigerated containers because once the container hits the United States, you're worried about the, um, you know, the regulatory perspective. You're, you're worried about, um, uh, you know, losing loads and stuff like that. 
we're signing on with a customer now that imports bananas into the country, and literally they can make sure that the fruit ripens just as it hits the shore. So you start off in South America with, you know, green bananas, but you have to emerge in the United States with uh, yellow bananas. So some somewhere along the way, you introduce more nitrogen into the container and start to generate, um, you know, the ripening of the product. You could do that completely over the air, and you could monitor that asset, even on a a huge container ship that only has a handful of employees. You're just doing it from someone's desktop. So in that scenario, are you really talking about safety and food, or are you really talking about prescriptive and predictive analytics, or are you talking about both? Uh, Really, I'm talking about both. Uh, I I don't think there's one reason to connect to your container. I think there's, there's lots. There's the regulatory uh, aspect of it. There's the, um, you know, the return and getting your products just right and turning them quicker, you know, based on the, uh, you know, the ripening example that I just gave you. There's the, you know, gee, my, I, I got a container of, uh, you know, rotten bananas and, um, you know, what point did it fail? Is it a diagnostic issue? Is it the ship issue? Did they not, you know, supply power to my container? You've got the, uh, the, the the legal aspect of it. You've got the turns based on, you know, gee, I've got a container that's struggling. You know, this is what it's exhibiting. There's a 90% chance that this is the fault that it's exhibiting. Let me send the parts there so I can, you know, turn that container so, back. On so, Mark, shipment. help us understand how predictive analytics can be a game changer then for construction. If you're really thinking about it, because you've just described something, if someone says, okay, I get it, if I've got bananas. Now, help me understand that same scenario right in construction. I, I think it's, in a, in a lot of ways, it's it's really similar. You know, the one thing that's unique about construction is the, the people that own the assets in construction are rarely the people that are using the assets. There's this distribution in that market where, a lot of the small fleet owners, you know, they lease it, so it may belong to a uh, Caterpillar leasing company or a, uh, a Komatsu leasing company. There's a ton of rental houses out there, the Hertzes and the United Rentals. And the, these folks, the return that they get on their products are making sure that these things are constantly in service. And how do you know... If they're being upkept, how do you know what the, uh, the, the the service needs? How do you know what the needs of the asset are? How do you even know how to build for this asset? How do you know that it's working on the right job site? How do you know that there's a security issue? How do you know any of these things if you rarely ever see your asset? So you can do all of that, you know, via the connectivity right over the air. So we're really not seeing right now, and in some ways, the construction industry taking full advantage of all the data that they have access to. There's still so much out there taking on your, it's not ripened yet, taking on your banana analogy. We haven't hasn't fully ripened yet. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think, uh, you know what I'd love to see in the, uh, in the construction business, um, which, which we're, 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 I don't know that we're, I don't know where we're seeing it perfectly, but, um, Every OEM does their own thing. Caterpillar has their own thing. Uh, you know, uh, Doosan has their own thing. And 
when, when you're a fleet owner. John Deere does their own thing, yeah. Yeah, everyone does their own thing. So as a, you know, if you're a United Rentals, you're like, gee, I've got uh, 16 different web portals. You know, can't I just get one format? I, I think we can get to another level uh, once we get there and once all the features are uh, are, are similar. But, uh, you know, it kind of started on that road, you know, 10 years ago. And uh, it, I don't think it's really changed much. Um, what we're seeing in our container businesses is there's, uh, you know, certainly more standardization around seeing each other's products. Do you think when we look at this and we look at industries right now compared to other industries as a whole, do you think that the construction industry is going to at some point be able to leapfrog the other industries when they have to take advantage of what's happening and leveraging data like some of these other industries? I think so. I, I, I think they, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and, and I think the construction industry, you know, has the largest necessity. Other than monitoring locomotives, I can't think of anything that went quicker than heavy equipment in terms of achieving um, monitoring of assets. Uh, we started with Caterpillar all the way back in 1995. So they've been working at this for a long time because they know that the return on a quarter million dollar piece of heavy equipment is clearly greater than a return on a $2,500 container. So there's more there and there's more risk, right? If something goes wrong with the container, you replace it. It's, uh, you know, just a few thousand dollars. But you can uh, proactively, preventatively, you know, save an engine, you know, but just based on oil filters and driver usage in the heavy equipment space that you can't anywhere else. I think, you know, maybe... You know, uh, the, the, the next phase where these guys, you know, who were early adopters can, you know, jump ahead and, and, and create a, a better user experience, you know, would be some sort of standardization. Do you think when we talk about now we have sensors, there's so many sensors being installed. We're not just talking about the hardware. We're talking about the sensors and we have antennas. We start coupling all of these things at a job site. We are going to have to look at the way construction operates, gathers data, way they deploy it. On all of these large-scale deployments, think about things differently in a, a tracking system, a state-of-the-art like what you're describing, a little differently going forward than what we have up to this point? Yeah, I think to this point, there's an awful lot of focus on an engine, and there's an awful lot of focus on a... Uh, uh, you know, on a, on a user of uh, a piece of heavy equipment, and, you know, to a lesser extent on a work site, you know, kind of um, putting together some of the connectivity across the multiple vehicles there and the job site itself, um, helping, you know, with the actual construction uh, implementation or, or uh, helping with the, um, you know, the work tools that are on site, there's so much more that you can do, but it's not necessarily a focus of the OEMs. So the OEMs give the products out basically with the cost of the unit, and they're not worried about saving a jackhammer. They're worried about, for the most part, making sure that their uh, unit stays in service. 
So when you look at the market today, you know, and you look at somebody like Orcom, your your position in the IoT market today, is it finding more partners? Is it is it you know because as being a solution provider, you know, and there's a lot of challenges. You have to find the right partners. You have to find the right customers. I mean, what's the biggest challenge in the IoT space? AI, you know, is it, it's rapidly changing. Well, you know, there's a lot of challenges to be able to meet the needs of fleet owners, heavy equipment, tracking, monitoring, communications. It seems like there's a lot you have to kind of juggle to make sure customers are getting their needs, their ever-growing needs in an ever-growing marketplace. Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, in the construction industry, it's very unique in that the construction in, industry is really IoT is driven by the OEMs because it is built into the uh, to, to the pricing of the units. If you look at, let's say, trucking or transportation, it's the opposite. There's an awful lot less from the um, from the truck manufacturer or the trailer manufacturer. There's an awful lot of third-party applications that uh, you know get involved to uh, to derive service there. So it, it's it's a little bit different. It, you know, it started out it, it, you know in a situation where for a thousand dollars of hardware you can be on a locomotive, and then once you got down to five hundred dollars, you can get to a heavy equipment asset, and when you got to three hundred dollars, you could be in cab on a truck, and when you got to two hundred dollars, you could be on a trailer, and when you got to one hundred fifty dollars. You can be on a container, and it was all about hitting price points to go from a $10 million asset all the way down to a $3,000 asset and being able to get the return that's there. And then we kind of shifted to a, gee, we just closed this large deal with J.B. Hunt. Well, what does J.B. Hunt have, and, and, and what can we do to help them? And, you know, in that case, you had all of these different types of assets that they control, and... How many of the assets, whether it's the truck, the trailer, the container, you know, the chassis, can you get there so that they don't have six vendors running around, that they have one uh, group for, uh, you know, all these assets? And then w- lastly, you know, the latest change is, you know, gee, we've got these customers. We're these OEMs in the construction um, space with all these different assets. Uh, what can we do to deliver more value? What can we do to uh, get them into the analytics business and, you know, not the uh, here's my fault code business? So now you just, like everything, it's it's a matter of making sure the applications are secure, you know, that you've got the powerful back end to deliver for whoever that customer might be, right? You're still number one. You've always got to make sure whatever you're thinking about, whether it's a fleet manager, whether it's cargo, whatever it might be, it, you know, you, you've got to be thinking about that first and foremost, right? Still to this day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, security is a is a plus. On the bright side, we started out as a satellite provider, so protecting our satellites and the data coming off our satellites was of such importance. You, you can't even imagine. So we, we've never had you know a security issue in data that we've supplied. But uh, it's it's clear that it has happened in the industry. It is, uh, um, you know, that that's just table stakes. And and detecting any kind of anomalies in today, when we're looking at at data, is critical, right? When we look at this, that's what the construction industry is trying to figure out. You know, how do they decide what data is the right data when they're looking at all this and we're looking at machines? And that's where 
as they continue to grow, they're going to have to figure out what's the right data, who's the right partners, and that's going to be the biggest challenge for all of them, correct? Oh, absolutely. We did a uh, uh, a custom application for, for Doosan, and there were 11 or 12 different fields that were purely associated just with filters, and the effect filters have on engine performance and longevity of the unit. Uh, it, it, it's incredible how precise these guys are. Well, I'll tell you, these are interesting times, and I think technology is going to tell us a lot. So, Mark Eisenberg, CEO of Orbcom, thank you so much for spending all this time with me today. Thank you for having me. All right, as you've learned today, there are a number of different types of wireless connectivity that's emerging today. And it will be central to ensuring that digital transformation happens in the construction industry. And as technology continues to evolve, consider how it might impact your construction business today and how wireless connectivity fits into the equation. That's all the time we have today. Join us next time. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. And that's going to wrap up this edition of ConExpo ConAg Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen too, Make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.